Good morning. I'm Arjun Singh from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 23rd. In today's news, AstraZeneca's U.S. trial shows its coronavirus vaccine is 79% effective. And Boston Mayor Marty Walsh is confirmed as Secretary of Labor. But first, the big idea. Fresh off the heels of the passage of one of the largest spending bills in American history, President Biden hopes he can do it again. As House Democrats travel back to their districts to sell the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan to voters in their home districts, White House officials are preparing to present the president with a roughly $3 trillion infrastructure and jobs package. My colleagues Jeff Stein and Tyler Pager report that administration officials are preparing a massive bill that will include funding for infrastructure projects and a series of domestic policies, such as universal pre-K, national child care, and free community college tuition. Although the package is still in the works and administration officials have stressed the final price tag of the bill is uncertain, the bill is expected to include hundreds of billions of dollars to repair crumbling infrastructure like roads, bridges, and waterways. It also includes funding for retrofitting buildings, safety improvements, as well as $100 billion for schools and education infrastructure. Added to that are $400 billion dedicated to combating climate change. The package is also expected to invest heavily in child care, including a multi-year expansion of the child tax credit recently passed in the American Rescue Plan. To fund the proposals, President Biden is expected to be presented with a menu of tax options by Treasury officials, though it is not immediately clear what will ultimately be in the bill. The talks arrive at a precarious time for the Biden administration, which is trying to keep moderate and progressive Democrats unified while fending off attacks from Republicans who have accused the president of bucking his campaign pledge of unity. In recent weeks, Republicans have taken aim at President Biden for failing to work with the party enough on legislation and for passing a major spending bill through a legislative process that only required Democratic votes. And while Republican acrimony, particularly from those closely allied with former President Donald Trump, may have been anticipated, even those, like Senator Susan Collins of Maine, who pitched herself as a potential ally to the administration, say they have been rebuffed. Why would they want to alienate the Republican most likely to work with them to find common ground is truly a mystery to me, and it's obviously a very poor strategy, Collins said in an interview over the weekend. And as the Post's Annie Linsky reported, it's all happening against the backdrop of both parties beginning to formalize their strategies for the 2022 midterm election. With the stimulus passed, some Democrats have raised concerns about being labeled as big government spenders in the elections, while others still remember the bitter political fights of the 1980s and 90s when Democrats were pummeled by conservatives for their support of social welfare programs. Still, the political calculus in the 2020s after two major financial crises, two wars, and a pandemic may prove favorable to Democrats. Despite refusing to vote for the entire spending bill, some Republicans, like Senators Marco Rubio, Mitt Romney, and Mike Lee, have also come out in support of offering some form of government assistance for child care. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one. The coronavirus vaccine manufactured by Oxford University and AstraZeneca is 79% effective, according to data from a long-awaited clinical trial. The Post, William Booth, and Carolyn Y. Johnson report that the results set the stage for U.S. regulators to decide whether to authorize the easily transported $4 shot 
after the company submits an application in coming weeks. The two-shot regimen is already being used in many countries, but authorization by the Food and Drug Administration would open up the U.S. market and send a strong signal to the globe about the quality of the inoculation. If approved, the U.S. government has placed an order to purchase 300 million doses at a cost of $1.2 billion, but based on the timeline for other vaccines, emergency clearance appears unlikely to happen before May. Though the U.S. has already authorized and purchased vaccines developed by Moderna, Pfizer-BioNTech, and Johnson & Johnson, having a fourth would provide the United States insurance against potential manufacturing or supply mishaps, and provides additional options for deploying shots domestically and sending them to other countries that need them. The news of the report follows a tumultuous week for the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine. In Europe, several countries paused, then restarted inoculations over concerns the vaccine may have been linked to blood clotting. An independent review board in the U.S. did not report safety concerns with the vaccine. Number two. Boston Mayor Marty Walsh will now go by Secretary of Labor Walsh after the Senate confirmed his nomination to the post in a 69-29 vote on Monday. The Post's Eli Rosenberg reports that Walsh, a former union president before becoming mayor of Boston, will be the first labor secretary to come from a union background in nearly 50 years. During his confirmation hearings, Walsh pledged to tackle systemic racism in areas such as unemployment during the coronavirus pandemic, wages and earnings, and health care. Walsh also threw his support behind the PRO Act, a recently passed House bill that would make it easier for employees to form unions and collect dues. He also said he supports raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. At the Department of Labor, Walsh will oversee agency decisions about the proper level of safety compliance necessary for workplaces during the pandemic. He'll also face other challenges that predate the pandemic, such as how to regulate contract and gig work. Walsh comes into the office after serving as the mayor of the city of Boston for seven years. Prior to that, he served as a representative in the Massachusetts House of Representatives. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, March 22nd. I'm Arjun Singh. Thanks for listening.